There is only one thing on this earth more powerful than evil, and that's us. Hello, boys and girls. This is Spike. You're listening to Buffy Back Issue Bin. Don't turn it off or I'll rip your throat out. Welcome to the Buffy Back Issue Bin, the show where we go through all of the Buffy and Angel comics that are canon chronologically. I'm Zach. And I'm Emily. And today that's truer than ever. Yes, because legitimately, we are going to go through everything in one show. I was going to call it a quick summary. It's not. It's going to be a lengthy summary. This is a lot. So if you listen to how many episodes have we done? 70 something. Cool. So this is a summary of all 70 episodes. Condensed version. If this was a Wikipedia article, it would say that it needs some editing. Wow. (laughs) That's true. Have you been on Wikipedia recently? They've been doing their $3 push again. It always makes me feel so sad. (laughs) That I never give. I know. Like I only take free information. I feel awful. But please give to our Patreon. Thanks, guys. For us, this is we're treating this almost as a pseudo finale to our show. We're still going to keep going with the Buffy and Firefly reviews as they come out. Uh, they're going to be exclusive on Patreons until the entire arc is out, and we'll, we'll release the whole thing, or and we'll record a whole show about that. And hopefully we'll still get a couple of interviews, but for the most part, this is the wrap-up on our main topic. Yeah, and it's kind of sad. You've been at it for a bit. Two years. Kept it concise. Not concise. (laughs) Well, we will tonight. So the way they're going to be treating this, instead of doing it necessarily in release order, is we're going to be treating it as however it would have happened for the characters. So if we find out information later in a run, we're going to just treat it as it would have happened chronologically in their lives. Sounds good. The early parts of this are probably going to be a little choppy because we're going to be covering stuff that happened either in Tales of the Vampire, Tales of the Slayer, or things that are getting squeezed in between episodes, and then we're going to kind of find ourselves into a nicer flow. Yeah, so obviously we're going to do everything prior to season eight first. Thus, here we go. Shortly after being created, the first Slayer kills a vampire and is asked to leave her town because she's part demon. But one of the members of the town lets her know that a new slayer will be called when she dies. So later on, future mayor of Sunnydale, Richard Wilkins, is told a story about how the land he wants to purchase had a town that was burned to the ground after a vampire and a slayer fought in Western times. He isn't concerned and considers naming the town Happydale or Sunny Acres. Sometime after that, in England, Giles' grandmother, Edna, is being trained as a watcher. An old vampire tells her stories of the past and future. She manages to survive an attack from two vampires and go to Giles' bakery, where she hopes to marry the boy from there one day. Well, that's precious. So Pass Slayer and Robin Wood's mother, Nikki, is seen in bed with a police officer named Lee in New York City. Lee is killed by a big-time vampire named LeBlanc. Yes, that's his name. Well, it's (laughs) French, so like LeBlanc or LeBlanc, like the guy who plays Joey. Matt. Yes. (laughs) Matt himself. That's exactly what I... (laughs) Joey? Anyway, Lee is killed by a big-time vampire named LeBlanc who deals in selling demons. Nikki kills a prehistoric bat demon before going after LeBlanc a second time. Finally getting up to Buffy season one, taking place before episode six of the first season, a new group of vampires wants to increase their status to get into the hip vampire club, so they try and kill Buffy. Buffy beats them, but they accuse her of being a bully because she looks like a popular girl. Buffy feels insecure that her friends won't like her, but gets over it and feels better when the vampire summons a giant demon and she slits its throat. Okay, so m- continuing on with the Buffy first season principal flutie forces everyone to take extracurricular activities buffy and her friends pick the cooking class with a new teacher when students that the new teacher asks to stay after class start disappearing buffy figures out that he's a tiger demon that loves to eat desserts so she stabs (laughs) him i forgot that he loved to eat desserts and i was really struggling and wanted to say people and then that's not what it said it said desserts so anyway buffy figures out that he's a tiger demon that loves to eat desserts this is loves to be eat desserts 
Look, there are going to be typos in this. <laughs> I, I did not proofread it. So she stabs him in the head and saves the day. That's what happens. I really feel like if there's a new teacher, you don't take that class in Sunnydale. <laughs> Probably not. Any any new person that we've ever introduced is a demon. Taking place between episode six and seven of season one, Buffy and Angel are patrolling before she knows he's a vampire. This is during school hours and Joyce gets a call that Buffy's skipping class. She then becomes overly involved in Buffy's life, making slang and getting away from mom a real chore. But a demon that takes the form of a small child hypnotizes Joyce into caring for it. To save Joyce, Buffy cuts off its head. So dramatic. Also, that was one where Angel's a sugar daddy. Oh, I forgot about that. And that was when we <laughs> talked about all of his leather coats. Where does he have them? Why does he have them? Where do they come from? How does he have money? Okay. While visiting the local comic book store, Woo! the owner of the shop is attacked by an angry vampire customer as his pull list was canceled due to him dying. I can... Honestly, see every part of this happening, except for the fact that vampires aren't real. We've got to cancel that list. Buffy defeats the vampire, and a small girl looks on, knowing superheroes are real. Taking place before season two in 1997, Spike wakes up in Prague to find a stake in his chest that had just missed his heart. He'd been beaten up the night before by an angry mob that had taken Drusilla to be tortured. She's placed it in an ancient chair that drives spikes down her arms, hands, and legs. Spike breaks in and kills her captors. He decides it's been a while since he killed his slayer, and it will do them both good while Drew recovers. Side note, it ends their relationship. Oh, poor Drew. But Prague is lovely. There's an angry mob with torches. Yeah. In general, though, Prague is lovely. Actually, I had all of my money cut off when I was in Prague, and it was kind of terrifying. Cool. Yeah. Okay, so early in season two, Buffy tells everyone about her first year as a slayer in Los Angeles. She was a typical valley girl before meeting her watcher, Merrick. He warns Buffy of a vampire, Lothos, who's rising. After Buffy saves a boy, Pike, from a vampire attack, Merrick is able to distract Lothos so Buffy can get away. To avoid being turned, Merrick shoots himself. Dark. Really dark. <laughs> Lothos attacks a school dance, and with the help of Pike, Buffy is able to kill Lothos and burn down her school gym. And that brings us to Sunnydale! Taking place sometime in the latter half of season three, Angel is having nightmares about those he's killed in the past. He speaks with a chained up Angelus who shows some of Angel's self-doubt by saying that Angel is possibly nothing more than a soul that was put in Angelus. Harsh. Okay, so taking place between episodes 17 and 18 of Angel season two, Angel kills two vampires that kidnapped a young boy. When Angel returns the boy to his religious father, the father thinks that it's a miracle and Angel returned his son. He ominously says that he will show the world miracles exist, but is never seen in the comics again. <laughs> Dropped it like it was hot. Wow. I don't think you should ever use that again. Okay. That's fair. On fleek. Nope. Woke. You don't know what any of those things mean? Do you know what yeet? That weird flex? Yeet? No, that's new. Yeet is new? Is it, is it old? I don't know. I just... I hate slang. I hate the new slang. Yeet, I hate all slang. Really. Yeet for some reason means both take and throw. Whatever. While continuing on patrol, Angel is attacked by a snake demon, a lava monster, and a knight who all accuse him of being a traitor. Harsh. He's able to win and regroups with everyone at the hotel. Recognizing the symbol on the demons, he knows that everyone is under control by a vampire called Perfect Zang. Angel recalls Zang history being turned in 1310, a death that he thought would be fitting but was not perfect. Slater in a brawl with a drunk angel in the 1920s. Zang attacks again, capturing Angel and tries to take his soul from him. He reveals that the Romanian gypsies that cursed Angel with the soul were only using him as a test run and Zang was the vampire they intended to truly give a soul to, but the curse was unsuccessful. The two fight and before dying, Zang asks Angel if he's sure the soul is his own. Okay. Now we're jumping back to Spike because everybody loves Spike. This is, oh, I, that's not true. We have done ones with Spike already. I forgot. It's been two minutes. It's been less than that. Okay. So between episodes 16 and 17 of season seven of Buffy, 
Spike leaves Sunnydale to take a break from everything. I said that as a question. Spike leaves Sunnydale. To... <laughs> it is a question. Why did he leave during the apocalypse? <laughs> That's a great question. So Spike leaves Sunnydale to take a break from everything. He saves a girl, Dylan, from being mugged and ruins his boots. <laughs> it's the worst. He walks Dylan home and remembers that when he was evil, he buried a bag full of money under the floorboards of a pawn shop nearby, and they just happen to have a pair of boots in the size that he wants. So Dylan invites Spike over to look at her art and take a walk, and when Spike spots a demon that's been stealing children, what is this? <laughs> Spike saves the children, but the demon escapes. Spike kind of lets him escape. Dylan sees Spike in his demon form and screams for him to get away from her. He goes to the pawn shop to tell them about the money under the floorboards and they give him the boots as payment. That's not really why. He, I mean, he did, but he really went to the pawn shop to get the money for himself. And he was just like, I guess I'll take the boots as you're throwing me out of your store for <laughs> trespassing and digging up your floorboards. OK, I had some addendums to that one. This one isn't in chronological order, but it is important to read earlier on. Taking place 200 years in the future. Uh, this is one to read in between seasons six and seven. Malaka Frey is the last slayer in the world. With a twin brother that was killed by vampires, a sister that's a cop, and a mutated fish man, Gunther, that sends her out on jobs to steal things, her life is significantly different than Buffy's. This is the second Friends reference. Do you think that's a thing? I didn't notice it. I couldn't tell you. It's also not necessarily a reference. There's a Gunther in New York, though. I don't know. Frey meets her watcher, a demon named Urkon, who explains her Slayer past. She's the last of the Slayer line after Buffy died or disappeared, banishing demons and magic from the world. Urkon trains Frey, but things go downhill when she's confronted with a vampire that killed her brother, Hearth. He captures her, bringing to the leader of the new vampires, which happens to be none other than her brother. It turns out being twins, Malaka got all the Slayer strength, and Hearth got all the memories. Using those memories, Hearth plans to bring demons back to the world. Frey escapes and tells her sister Erin about Hearth. Frey also finds the body of a dead girl from her neighborhood, presumably killed by vampires. Newly motivated, Frey retrieves the scythe and goes to stop Hearth. After a battle that included Aaron bringing the police, Hearth is able to retreat to parts unknown. Frey reveals she knows that her watcher Urkon killed the young girl to motivate her, and Frey stabs him in the head and takes over protector of the city as a slayer. Sounds great, like a really normal thing to do. Sometime later, Gunther sends Frey on a mission to steal the contents of a box. What she finds inside the box is a purple four-armed monkey named Gates. Gates steals the scythe and leads Frey to an old library that holds all the Watcher's journals and other old texts about Slayers. When she reads the tales, she doesn't feel so alone. Aww. After the season seven finale, Xander returns to Dracula's castle to try and cope with Anya's death. Too much time has passed, so Buffy and two other Slayers go to get him back. Buffy and Dracula fight, and he reveals that he wants Xander to stay due to his own loneliness, but does ultimately agree to let Xander return to his life. This is kind of a good little stretch, isn't it? Because then we have this fun Spike story taking place between Angel season five Episodes 14 and 15, Spike has gone out on his own. After a family gets him to try and free their daughter from the supernatural asylum, Mosaic. Mosaic. <laughs> yes, Mosaic. <laughs> Mosaic. Whew, it's really called Mosaic. Spike is trapped in there. Oh, no. <laughs> that is awful. Just so we all know, that's the wrong there. <laughs> this is 56 pages long. Give me a break. The family lied as Spike had actually killed their daughter years before, and they wanted him to be put away and tortured forever. Doctors in the facility try to remove supernatural powers, and with vampires, they surgically remove the brow and teeth. Inside, once he befriends a floating telepathic fish named Beta George and a fire starter Beck, Spike has George contact Lauren to come to Mosiac. <laughs> 
Mosaic. I did that on purpose. Well, I figured you did. <laughs> Mosaic. <laughs> One of the doctors there used to work for Wolfram and Harden is working on creating his own army with the patients. In the front office, Lauren says a trigger word for the army and all of the inmates break out. Spike is able to kill the leader and Beck burns down the remaining army, literally killing hundreds of people. You know. Mosaic continues to operate, but as it was originally intended to do to help those with supernatural powers not remove them, and Spike and Lauren ride off into the distance. A few weeks later, taking place between Angel Season 5, Episode 18 and 19, Lauren arrives at Spike Apartments with a message from an unknown sender that Smile Time is back in operation and in Japan. To avoid a demon trying to kill him, Spike agrees to go with Lauren to take them down. They're attacked immediately by ninja puppets, but are saved by Beta George, Beck, and a ninja named Tonk. After coming up with a plan to attack Smile Time headquarters, Spike, Lauren, and Beta George are all turned into wee little puppet men. They only have one more chance to take down Smile Time before they go global and attack again. They're met by evil puppet versions of all the angel characters. With a combination of a giant official cannon and Lauren singing, Smile Time is brought down for the final time. Shortly before Angel, the TV series ended, Drusilla was captured by Wolfram and Hart and put into one of their facilities. They want to use her for something in the future, but aren't able to control her. She has visions of a fiery future and a dragon flying over LA. She kills her captors and escapes the facility. During the middle of the fight, in the alley that started in the Angel series finale, Wolfram and Hart separated everyone and sent all of LA to a hell dimension. Normal. Spike sees a resurrected Fred and rushes to save her. She turns back into Illyria and kills some demons. Spike decides that his job is to keep Fred safe in hell. As Wesley is still under contract, Wolfram and Hart don't allow him to die and send him to hell, incorporeal and back in his suit and glasses looking like a real nerd. They convince Wes to work for them since he'll always be looking for a way to help Angel and turn against them at any moment. Meanwhile, all of Connor's memories are returned to him and he rushes to the alley to help Angel as well. He's stopped by an army of demons and is surprisingly saved by Kate, the detective that hasn't been seen since season two. It's true. It's been a while. In her time since leaving the show, she's stayed in LA and has been helping the helpless, evidently. Gwen, the electricity girl, was on a date in Los Angeles when it was sent to hell and she loses her ability to touch anyone and her electrical powers return. She vows to find a way to undo this. Angel appears in hell on top of a roof. He sees civilians being stabbed below him and jumps down to save them. He realizes too late that he's been turned human, breaks his legs and spine when he hits the ground. Wes approaches him and Angel realizes what he has done. A civilian who always protected the end of the world is delighted to be right when hell comes but is saddened when he has no one to celebrate with. <laughs> During the battle, Gunn was mortally wounded. Vampires claiming to have visions pulled him out and turned him into a vampire themselves. Now being without a soul and turned into the very thing he hates the most, Gunn kills their leader and plans to find a way out of hell. Lauren, being depressed after taking a part in killing Lindsay, I guess he took all the part, don't know why I wrote it like that. <laughs> <laughs> there are very few typos, to be fair, with the sheer amount of writing and the sheer speed with which you wrote this, but you have used the wrong there twice. Sorry. I, I do know the difference. I know. All the neighborhoods in Los Angeles have been sectioned off by demons and calling themselves Lord. Lauren's able to take over Silver Lake and makes one small part of LA peaceful and serene. Which is just the sweetest thing ever. While Spike is trying to protect Fred, he keeps picking up more and more humans along his way. His goal is to keep Illyria as the dominant personality, as Fred is far more vulnerable. Spike puts a human, Jeremy, aka Jim from The Office. 100%. In charge of watching over the people they've picked up and to keep them away from Illyria. 
The dragon that Angel wanted to slay lands in front of Spike, and he orders everyone inside of a building, where they're immediately descended upon by a bunch of women in leather cat suits. Instead of wanting to fight, the dragon brings Spike to an apartment to stop someone casting a spell. All the humans, including Fred, meet Non, the Lord of Beverly Hills, who's a demon with the ability to suck out life force. Spike returns and Non beats him in Illyria and then locks him in a dungeon. Before going to execute Spike, she goes to meet with Gunn to try and ally herself to him. Gunn stabs her, saying she's not part of their plans. Non is about to execute Illyria and Spike, but Illyria fights back. As Non is about to start sucking the life force from the humans to become more powerful, Connor arrives to fight her. Illyria kills a demon that was controlling all of Non's army, freeing all of them from her control. As Non starts to suck out Jeremy's life force, Illyria kills him, thinking she was doing the right thing. Spike decapitates Non and takes over as co-lord with Illyria. Spike decides to put up a front with the other lords, but in secret start working with Connor to save the people of LA. Which is really sweet. If you haven't noticed, guys, we're in the middle of After the Fall. (laughs) Uh, Over a few months, Angel is able to heal himself with some potions and technologies found at Wolfram and Hart because he's kind of living in their headquarters, destroyed headquarters. He spends his time helping the helpless with the assistance of the dragon from the alley. Love the dragon. The dragon was a pawn of another demon and now helps Angel patrol and send the people they save to Connor, Gwen, and Angel's ex-girlfriend, Nina. Is she really his ex-girlfriend? Can we really say that? They banged a few times, went on a few dates. Okay, well. It was nicer to say ex-girlfriend. I feel like you read more into their relationship than I did. Angel is attacked by a Lord Burge after Angel kills some of his demons. West talks Burge down from killing Angel, saying that we'll have to stay off the street tonight. Angel agrees to the terms, but kills Burge's son from one of the windows of Wolfram and Hart. It just really... Does not seem in the spirit of the agreement, but what what can I say? There's a stake through his eye. So meanwhile, Beta George, yay Beta George, has been kidnapped, boo, by another lord, Kerpf. Yes, I didn't have to say it this time. <laughs> Last time we have to say that name. Who uses Beta George to control others for his enjoyment. Gunn and his crew of vampires come in, steal a gem, and take George captive. Gunn kills all of the humans that Kerpf has imprisoned, writing a message on a wall with their blood in ancient Sumerian. Normal. Gunn takes George back to his base, where he's building a large, menacing contraption. That sounds like a catapult. <laughs> what do you, what do you, it's a big slab with a bunch of demony crap all around it. I don't know what to call it. I called it a menacing contraption. Instead of an ominous structure? Ominous slab. <laughs> slab is such a weird word. <laughs> After, what page <laughs> after killing the son of a lord, Angel is concerned for Connor and goes to warn him. Gwen discovers the blood left by Gun, and Angel assumes Illyria is behind the killings. He goes to confront Spike, only to be attacked by Illyria. The dragon saves Angel by fighting with Illyria. Connor arrives to let Angel know that Spike wasn't connected with the killings, and that he's been saving as many people, if not more, than Angel. Angel, frustrated by the news, goes to meet with all of the lords of LA and challenges them to a fight. If he wins, he takes control of the city. The Lone Shark, previously seen on Buffy, gives out a device called a Hagen Shaft to all the lords. The lords, including Spike and Lauren, are expected to pick a champion to fight Angel. So Angel meets with Lauren, who says he won't be fighting, but the Grusalug, who lives in Silver Lake with a flying Pegasus, is intrigued. Love the Grusalug. While Angel and Wes are with Lauren, Gunn blows up the Wolfram and Hart office. Makes sense. At the battle, Angel gives an awkward speech to onlookers and is joined by his allies for the battle. Lauren was able to convince everyone to fight alongside him. He was also drunk when he did it. Makes sense. As the battle looks to be won, Illyria turns back into Fred at the sight of Wesley. After Angel wins the fight by blowing up everyone with the Hagen shafts, Lauren takes over as the lord of all of downtown LA and everyone else returns to the Hyperion. There are rumblings of a powerful vampire working in LA, so Angel's able to find Gunn as a vampire on top of a roof. As Gunn's lackeys are about to kill Angel, Gunn steps in and kills them, inviting Angel inside. Gunn reveals to Angel that he has received a vision 
and he's been working towards saving L.A. Despite being a vampire, he's still the hero. When Angel refuses to help Gunn, he stabs Angel and removes all the spells that were holding Angel together. As reinforcements arrive to help Angel, Gwen says that Gunn offered her her humanity back and turns on everyone. Angel has an out-of-body experience and sees himself dying on the floor. He's visited by Cordelia, who the power is sent to help ease his passing. He also admits that the dragon thinks its name is Cordelia as Angel kept mumbling it during his recovery. Wolfram Hart sends West to Angel to reveal... The Shanshu prophecy was never filed and is still on the table. He then shows Angel a vision of what the Shanshu really is, showing Angel triumphant over a field of bodies. With the vision, Angel has to go with Cordelia. Did you get glassy-eyed? No, not just then. I didn't get glassy-eyed in my own writing. Okay. I've seen you get glassy-eyed at less than that when that moment is brought up. <laughs> anyway. Wolfram and Hart send all of their forces to guns. Gwen changes sides again, sacrificing herself in an electrical explosion to hold the army back. Connor rushes in to see Gunn standing over his father and promptly kicks him out of a window. Also, just be on the lookout. When I was writing all this up, a lot of people get kicked out of windows in this series. Never realized it quite so much till I kept writing that same sentence. Do you know the word for throwing somebody out a window? Defenestrate? Yeah, defenestration. All right, got there. Because fenêtre means window in French. Wes suggests that Angel should die to prevent the prophecy, but Connor convinces Angel to rally and fight with him. Fred finds Gunn outside, where he turns and shoots her with a crossbow. He gathers her up to go to his ominous slab. It's not really a machine. Where he plans to bring Illyria out. Instead, Wolfram and Hart burst in and take Angel's body to the ominous slab where he can be healed. <laughs> a discarded Fred admits to Wesley that it was never her and only ever Illyria in that body. To confront the pain that she's caused, Illyria turns into her true form and plans to end creation. Using Beta George, Angel has Wesley and Spike's positive memories flooded into Illyria's brain to show what Fred meant to them. Distracted, Wolfram and Hart is able to bring her down. While this is happening, Gunn takes a flaming sword and kills Connor in front of Angel. Angel starts lashing out against Wolfram and Hart's army, who do nothing, and West realizes that they can't kill Angel. The two quickly come up with a plan, and Angel confronts Gunn. Knowing that his time is limited, Wesley says his goodbyes after, wow, that's to you. I can't do that. After one hell of a speech. Wow. I, that was like literally, wow. Okay. So after a speech. One hell of one. Angel allows Gunn to cut off his head, sending all of LA out of hell. The hell that LA was sent to was designed to push Angel toward causing the apocalypse. And with being able to muster the resources to start again, the world is reset to the fight in the alley. Everyone with all of their memories intact easily win the fight. With the help of Cordelia the dragon, Angel finds Gunn and quickly gets him into a hospital where he falls into a coma. As Gunn was important to Fred, Illyria takes up guard outside the hospital to protect him. All the citizens of LA also have their memories and now look at Angel as a celebrity. So while in the hospital, Gunn is visited from most of his friends and allies, but he's also visited by Nan, who cannot only suck out life force, but return it as well. Gunn wakes from his coma and tackles her out of a window. Defenestrating her, if you will. Yes. So she wants to team up with Gunn to try and regain their power. So Illyria comes in, and instead of killing nearby innocents to prevent Nan from powering up, she picks up Nan and tosses her far away. <laughs> she does. <laughs> with both Gunn and Illyria wanting to rediscover their humanity, the two drive away into the sunset. Around two years later, Angel, Spike, and Gru attend Comic-Con, where the sword that killed Angel is up for auction and is desired by a bunch of demons. Angel also sits in a movie adaptation of this time in hell, starring Nicolas Cage as Angel and Cameron Diaz as Spike. They make out a bunch. In order to move around the clon for unencumbered, Angel and Spike dress up as Angel and Spike from the movie. As a fight over the sword breaks out, Angel's mask is removed, and the same statue that turned Buffy and her friends into their Halloween costumes turn all of the con-goers into their cosplays, including Spike, who is dressed 
dressed as Angel. So Angel has to go through the shenanigans of dealing with Spike's version of Angel before finding someone who cosplayed as a wizard to undo the spell. In the aftermath, Angel and Spike agree they might be a little more alike than they want to admit. Aww. That also happens a bunch. So they throw people out windows and then realize that they're alike because they keep throwing people out of windows. (laughs) Lauren is given a terminal cancer diagnosis when he goes to tell Angel about it, the entire world turns sideways. Illyria and Gru arrive at the hotel after Illyria had been attacked by a demon that talked about the music of the spheres. It was one of three demons responsible for singing in harmony at the center of the world that kept the Earth together. Since Wolfram and Hart reset reality, they are able to escape. Angel goes to sacrifice himself to sing, but Lauren jumps in front of him since Angel is incapable of holding a tune. Lauren's song that he has to sing continuously sing makes the world feel a little more peaceful. Angel and Spike get a phone call from a girl. She's asking for help to stop her reality warping powers and an evil version of her that is trying to break through. Once Team Angel is aware of her powers, their reality starts to warp as well um, on the way to help her. Hordes of demons are trying to get control of her powers and they need to fight their way through. Everyone is subjected to a reality that gives them something that they want but would ultimately make the world worse. Before the evil version of the girl surrenders, she offers an ominous warning that they will lose in the future. This is the last adventure with all of the angel characters because it's the last IDW story. It just felt like throwing that in there. Bye, Beta George. We love you. Well, he's not done yet. He's close. We still have this story. (laughs) After another movie series about their time in hell comes out, Angel, Spike, and Illyria stop vampires from killing moviegoers at a twinkle screening. Hearing rumblings of something... Hearing rumblings of something evil happening in Las Vegas, Spike returns to Mosaic to get Beck and Beta George to join him. Supernatural things start happening as soon as they arrive, and Spike recognizes the shape of a Wolfman Hart office building. They go to take the building down, but a demon possessing Spike's old friend Jeremy approaches them. He brings them into the white room where Spike meets the assassin John. <laughs> as Wolfram and Hart is offering Spike a similar deal to the one that Angel got, John shoots Spike out of the window with a cannon. He's caught by the Grusalug and the Dragon Cordelia, who we called earlier. Was it the official cannon? No, it should have been, though. Beck starts to burn the building down when she's confronted by Drusilla. So Wolfram and Hart found Drew and want to use her against Spike. So part of this plan has also been having her sleep with John. Drew helps Beck and George out of the building, only for her to see Spike and run into his arms, kissing him. Spike, still having a soft spot for her, brings Drew along as they all try to escape. This includes the still-possessed body of Jeremy. A barrier has been created around Las Vegas that won't allow Spike to get out, but Cordelia and Drew are able to fly away. Not being sure... Of which of his allies to call for help, Spike decides it's time to call in the witch. As Spike tries to hide from Wolfram and Hart, he's able to put out a call to Willow, who saves Spike from being attacked by demons. While Spike is trying to tell her the plan, she forces him to stop for a hug. (laughs) Beck and George are kidnapped by John, and Willow is less than thrilled to find that Spike has Drew with him. Elsewhere, Lila Morgan is working with a team of experts to figure out a way for Wolfram and Hart to escape this dimension before something else big comes to Earth. They settle on an interdimensional spaceship. Spike, Drew, Willow, and the recently possessed Jeremy all go to fight John. John's able to take Spike's soul from him, something that he plans to give himself. Spike proves he doesn't need the soul, as he was able to fight against the demon long before he got it. He asks Willow to give the soul to Drusilla, who he immediately freaks out. It turns out that going to hell had made Drew sane, and getting the soul ruined her sanity for a second time. Drew punches out John's heart and asks for the soul to be removed, and Willow gives it back to Spike. Willow leaves, and as she does, the interdimensional ship arrives. So Spike takes it. On the ship, Spike finds a crew of foul-mouthed bugs. When their leader is killed, he asks for Spike to take over. 
Members of Wolfram and Hart board the ship, including a senior partner. Spike is able to severely wound the senior partner. They separate the ship and the shuttle, and they go to parts unknown. Spike bids farewell to Beta George and Beck and goes after Wolfram and Hart in the other part of the ship. Sometime later, Angel is pulled through a portal, making him think that he's back in hell. He's confronted by an unknown being that gives him extra strength and the power of flight. Angel uses this to save a plane that's falling out of the sky. Angel's resistant to do anything that another entity wants to him as he's been duped so many times before. But the entity tells Angel that his reward will be worth more than the Shanshu ever was. It's ironic because very quickly we're going to have Angel being duped by doing something that somebody else wants him to do. Oh no, it's never happened. It happens so often. He's an idiot. So there's some themes that we're noticing. Themes. Moth to the flame. Angel is told that all of Buffy's enemies will come at her from all sides, and the best way to protect her is by making them all stand behind him to help minimize casualties. This will both lead them to their destiny, where they will save the world. But not to distract Buffy, Angel has taken on a new alias, Twilight. Willow goes to another dimension to try and find a mystical guide to teach her more about magic, as she was never formally trained. Willow is offered different guides, including Tara, but she knows that it wouldn't really be her. Willow chooses a trickster, Alowen, a naked snake demon who shows more than an interest in just Willow's power. Is that your attempt at being coy? They're gonna do it a lot. Wow. Taking place after Buffy stopped the first, she's seen leading an entire Slayer organization out of a Scottish castle. Giles and Andrew are both leading and training their own squads in other parts of the world. Xander is helping run everything out of the castle, and Dawn has been turned into a giant for reasons she won't tell Buffy. While they're investigating a strange new symbol that has been popping up, the U.S. government goes into the crater where Sunnydale was and retrieves Amy, the witch. Amy makes a deal to take Buffy down, and a massive attack happens all at once. Zombies storm the castle, and a spell is put on Buffy that she can only be awoken by the kiss of true love. Willow arrives, being able to fly now, and confronts Amy. Amy is able to open a portal that captures Willow and brings her face to skinless face with Warren, who Amy saved at the last possible second. So gross. Inside Buffy's dream, she's approached by Ethan Rain, who warns her Twilight is coming. Buffy wakes up suddenly, not knowing who kissed her. With her best slayer, Satsu, Buffy has another portal open and goes after Willow. After confronting new it couple, Amy and Warren, Willow is freed. Are they really an it couple? I thought it was funny. Okay, great. Buffy confronts a general who reveals that he has the symbol of Twilight and they're all in cahoots. That's a really fun computer teaching tool. I've never heard of it. I know. Buffy goes to free Ethan from military prison only to find him shot through the head. Underground, there's a Buffy decoy. She's not the only one. Another decoy, including a lookalike that's in Italy dating the immortal. The under- Aha, retcon. <laughs> the underground decoy dies, stopping a demon uprising, lamenting that Buffy never even knew who she was. Her fairy companion watches on through her death. Working out of Cleveland over another Hellmouth, Faith gets a call from Robin Wood asking for some help with vampires. When Faith arrives, she finds all the vampires were children that were turned and she has to kill them all. When she returns to her apartment, she finds Giles waiting for her with an offer to have Faith being able to retire early and her police record being wiped clean if she kills a slayer, Genevieve. Genevieve is being trained by a warlock who's in league by Twilight, and they make sport of killing other slayers. With Genevieve living on an estate in England, Giles teaches Faith how to be English in order to sneak into a party. Once there, Faith pretends to get along with Genevieve, only to be attacked by a stone demon. Faith defeats it, but is knocked out. When she wakes up, Genevieve offers Faith the chance to join her in her campaign to kill Buffy. Faith actually starts to get along with Genevieve and tries to convince her not to go after Buffy. The warlock Instead, the warlock transports Buffy to England, and Buffy fights and beats Genevieve. Furious that she was killing other slayers, Buffy raises a sword over her head. 
Faith then tackles her out of a window and into a pool. Buffy accuses Faith of never changing, and in a rage, Faith starts to drown her. After letting up, Willow gets Buffy out of England, and Buffy immediately calls Giles to figure out what's going on. Giles refuses to tell her anything, saying he doesn't want her near this, and they have a sad breakup. Genevieve attacks Faith, and Faith accidentally kills her. Oops. Before the warlock can go after Faith, Giles arrives and kills him. Really violently, like blows his head up. Yeah. The two decide, meaning Giles and Faith, that they can't go back to Buffy and go out together to help other slayers in need. Buffy and Willow go to a demon dimension to find answers about Twilight. It's revealed that Buffy has been stealing from Nazi vaults to fund the Slayer organization. Steal from Nazis, that's fine. And Willow has been having some unidentified and naked time with Alwyn. Willow also admits that she keeps Kennedy away from Buffy since Willow feels that she chose Buffy over Tara and she doesn't want to see someone else that she loves die. The biggest surprise comes with a vision of the future that shows Buffy crying and beaten and a warning that her biggest ever betrayal will be coming soon. Dawn also confesses to Xander that she slept with her boyfriend's roommate, and her boyfriend that turned out to be a demon turned her into a giant. (laughs) I forgot about that. (laughs) Buffy later has a dream that she's getting married to Skinless Warren, and Caleb is officiating. Angel and Spike keep making out during the ceremony. I don't really know why you threw that in there, other than every story fascinated by it. No, every story made it in here, no matter how small. Oh, that's right. That little, it was like three pages, right? (laughs) And it made it. Okay, here we go. Buffy sees the report that some slayers have gone rogue, led by one slayer named Simone that has been using guns and robberies. Buffy then goes out on patrol with Satsu when she reveals to Satsu that she knew that she gave her the kiss of true love all along. In the middle of the conversation, Twilight attacks Buffy and Satsu. He easily overpowers her and leaves her behind, letting her know that this is all her fault. So at the castle, vampires with powers identical to Dracula's attack and steal the scythe. While the attack is happening, Buffy is shown to be in bed with Satsu. They agree to keep it between them, only for everyone else to come in the room and immediately find out because obviously that was going to happen in a comical fashion given xander's history with dracula he goes to find out if he knows anything about the vampires with the new powers turns out dracula lost a bet and gave up his secret to some vampires in japan oops everyone including dracula go to japan to try and stop a ploy to use the scythe to take away all of the slayer's powers also get ready for that plot point to keep coming up i noticed that too when i was writing this out is that interesting when you do it out and you're like I didn't even, like, I did not recognize most of these throwing people out window themes. Oh, they do it a lot. Yeah. They try and take the Slayer's powers away a lot. I mean, I guess that makes sense, but whatever. As a distraction, Giant Don rampages through downtown Tokyo, only to be met with a Mecha Don. Andrew instructs Don how to twist its head off and hope that it doesn't have a backup brain. Yeah. Willow is able to do a spell to reverse the vampire's new powers, and they're all killed. Buffy and Satsu spend one more night together, and Satsu decides to stay in Japan to lead the Slayers there. Good job using the right there. (laughs) Damn it. Riley! Riley is contacted by Twilight to join up with him. Riley immediately tells on him to Buffy, and she asks him to go undercover. He talks with his wife Sam about this, and they decide that he should take the mission. Angel is shown meeting with Whistler, his first appearance since season two. Whistler has been guiding Angel through all the Twilight stuff, and Angel shows doubt. Whistler reminds him that he has to choose Buffy or the entire world. Riley meets with Twilight and agrees to join, and Twilight's insignia is carved into his chest. So outside the castle back in Scotland. You know, some of like Angel's like, I need to put their armies behind me. Do you got to be carving things into people's chests, throwing churches at Buffy? Some of this I feel like is counterproductive. Yeah, for real though. So outside the castle in Scotland, Dawn changes from a giant to a centaur. Buffy doesn't have time to deal with it as (laughs) she and Willow have to go deal with a mystical event. Xander stays behind with Dawn, but the castle is attacked with more mystical fire demons sent by Amy. 
With the help of some nearby demons, the mystical fire demons are defeated. In New York, Buffy and Willow are met by Kennedy. Shortly after, a portal opens up and takes Buffy into the future where she comes face to face with Frey. Frey's been hunting someone in connection with Hearth called the Madwoman and assumes Buffy is part of their plan. So, of course, they fight. After they realize they're on the same side, they go to Gunther for information who says the Madwoman is none other than Willow. Dun dun dun! Buffy and Frey go to find Willow but split up when Frey sees vampires attacking civilians. The attack was a trap set by Willow to lure Frey out for a meeting, where she tells her that Buffy will destroy the future with her actions. Frey believes Willow and incapacitates Buffy so she can't return to the past. Hearth arrives with some vampires saying that Willow claimed that Buffy coming to the future would save the f- everything, showing Willow manipulated the entire situation. Buffy breaks free, and Frey fights her out of desperation to try and save her world. Buffy breaks Frey's scythe and is forced to kill Willow before returning to the present. In Twilight's camp, Riley appears, now deeply embedded in Twilight's inner circle. After getting back from New York, Buffy has a dream that she was back in Sunnydale shortly after moving there. The entire dream is in the style of the animated show that never made it past the test pilot. And that's all that there is about this because nothing else really happens. It was just fun. It's a fun little one shot. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, this one. (laughs) (laughs) Harmony is caught on camera biting Andy Dick. And she manages to turn this headline into a reality show called Harmony Bites. Clem also comes to work with her. Remember Clem. I love Clem. From there, she's able to turn the public opinion about Slayers negatively and makes vampires look like the victims. Part of the show also includes Harmony constantly mistreating Clem, which she seems to be kind of a masochist about. Vampire popularity takes off and new rules in the world are set in place where vampires can no longer kill humans but just suck enough blood to sustain themselves and can come out of the shadows. Harmony even goes on the Colbert Report to solidify her popularity and rules. So after Harmony's rules are put in place, we see a boy, Alex, who sells his blood to vampires. When things go too far, he's turned. When a girl he has a crush on turns out to be a slayer, he kills and turns her. Two vampire roommates are shown to have different opinions on Harmony's new rules. One still wants to be a killer, while the other enjoys the attention. When one roommate kills a human, the other vampire kills her and also laments that she didn't replace the TV she broke earlier in the issue. Fair. Kennedy goes to check in on Satsu in Japan to see how she's doing and if she's getting over Buffy. The two are attacked by a cargo ship full of evil dolls called Vampy Cats. Their commercials involve the Vampy Cats killing your bullies for you. Satsu takes out the ship with a submarine she got recently and decides to move on from Buffy. What a weird sentence that is. Like, like those two are two connected things. Like, let me take out the ship with my recently acquired submarine. And also, I think I'm going to get over Buffy. That's what happens in the issue. Andrew tells Buffy he knows how to find rogue slayer Simone, and the two go to bring her in. Andrew summoned a demon spider to capture Simone, but got a different slayer instead. Buffy is appalled at him for returning to his old ways to get things done. Simone comes in and captures the spider, which she's going to use as a weapon. Buffy and Andrew track her down and release the spider on Simone's slayers. Buffy forgives Andrew, as she now considers him to be one of the team. Aww. While looking for a weapon that could end Twilight, Giles and Faith come across a town where vampires don't dare to enter. They find out that the elders of the town have been feeding their children to a demon to keep the vampires at bay. Faith kills it and prepares to fight the vampires with the rest of the town. Dawn, now a porcelain doll, has gone missing. Andrew goes to find her old boyfriend, Kenny, and transports him to Scotland. Kenny helps find Dawn, and when the two come face to face, Dawn apologizes for sleeping with his roommate and turns back into a regular human, who's also a key. (laughs) Continuing to fight the senior partners, Spike returns to Earth, losing them somewhere in the battle. He catches up on what's been happening in the world and immediately identifies Twilight as Angel. As Twilight's attacks are increasing, Buffy's forces start all coming together, including Giles, Faith, and Satsu. The castle is attacked by the military, Twilight's forces, and mystical attacks. The castle is destroyed and everyone retreats to the submarine. 
They figure out the Twilight will be able to find them again by tracking their magic, so they go to the one person that they know wants to suppress magic and teleport the entire sub in front of Oz's door in Tibet. Aw, hey Oz. Oz introduces everyone to his wife and baby and explains that he was able to cure his werewolfism by giving it to the land in Tibet. All of the Slayers and Willow give up their power and have to adjust to normal living. While all of this is going on, Buffy walks in on Don and Xander kissing. Buffy doesn't have time to deal with this again. Also a threat. <laughs> as Twilight's army was able to find them even without the magic. Maybe because they brought a whole submarine there. It helped. During an intense battle against Twilight and the military, Buffy spots a wounded Riley and brings him to their camp. As the battle rages on, three giant goddesses that have been feeding on the powers of the werewolves in Tibet and the Slayers come out of the ground, ending the battle with their rampage. After being knocked out, Buffy wakes up to find that she can fly. Fun fact. Everyone's powers return to them, and Willow goes to try and stop the goddesses. Buffy confronts Xander about Dawn, and he admits to being in love with her. Weird, because we just dealt with the Kenny thing like seven seconds before this. Okay. Buffy feels rejected, but goes to help Willow fight the goddesses, showing off her new powers. The two put them back in the ground, and Willow is thrilled Don and Xander finally figured out their feelings for each other. I still feel like that was a very abrupt change, because Kenny was there literally four minutes ago. We didn't even talk about Xander's maybe girlfriend that got killed earlier. That was a subplot I just skipped. Oh yeah, that was sad. Again, very quick that this thing is happening. So anyway. With Xander's help, Buffy starts to figure out how far her new powers will go. As it increases, Willow discerns that every time a Slayer is killed, Buffy gets more power. That's super dark. Twilight captured Giles, Faith, and Andrew to try and draw Buffy out. So Willow is able to find their location, and Buffy flies in to attack Twilight, only for him to pull off his mask for Buffy. It's Angel. (laughs) Angel tries to explain that they have these powers to do something greater, while Buffy tries to attack him. Buffy starts to glow, and the two come together to kiss. Again? What? While Buffy and Angel are having the most ridiculous sex of all time, Giles tells the legend about what Twilight means. Buffy changed the world by sharing her powers with the potential slayers and shifted the balance of power from when it was just one girl against all the demons. Buffy and Angel's reward for everything they've done is that they get to create a new reality, but the old one will fall apart. Dimensional barriers start to come down and armies of demons start to invade Earth. So Angel and Buffy wake up in a new universe that they birthed called Twilight. In there, they can make reality however they want and can bring over all of the good of humanity. So Buffy isn't convinced that a possible happy future is worth Earth being attacked by demons today. She rejects Twilight and she and Angel return to Earth to fight the demons. In the middle of the battle, an interdimensional ship crashes through and Spike comes out saying he has the solution. Everyone but Angel get on Spike's ship to escape. Buffy asks Angel to go around the world to use his powers to fight, but also to keep him away from everyone. Makes sense, because he just ruined everything again. Spike explains that the Twilight Universe will come after Buffy for abandoning it, and the only solution is to go back to Sunnydale to find the Seed of Wonder, the source of all magic in the world that just happened to be next to the Hellmouth. Seems like a really bad placement, I'm not going to lie. Like, why would you want that right next to the Hellmouth? The seed could be used to close all of the barriers or be a source of power for Buffy's enemies. What they don't know is that the seed has a protector, the Master. Back again! So everyone starts converging on Sunnydale. Twilight's forces, the military, demons new and old, and they're all going for the seed. Some slayers stay above ground to fight while Buffy goes underground to get the seed. Uh, She fights the master and beats him, not killing him as he wants to defend the seed like they do. Angel is confronted by the embodiment of Twilight, a lion with a flaming green mane and eagle's wings. It beats Angel and instead of just suggesting things that he does, fully possesses him. It's super weird. Willow and the master try and use the seed for their side, but Twilight arrives and almost kills Spike and fights with Buffy. 
Their massive fight works its way to the seed, where Twilight kills the master. As Buffy fights, Giles and Xander look on, because they're human and can't do anything. Using the scythe, Giles decides to destroy the seed to stop the dimensions from pouring through and end the magic. Before he can get there, Twilight comes up behind him and snaps Giles' neck. Buffy punches Twilight across the room and destroys the seed herself, breaking the scythe in the process. She ends all magic in the world, including having Warren turn into a puddle of guts. Wow. Thank you for mentioning that. Uh, Angel is no longer possessed and is very confused and asks if they won. Xander, filled with rage over Giles, viciously attacks Angel, beating him bloody and nearly to death. As he's about to stake Angel, Buffy stops him. Using the bug ship, Spike flies off into space to stop one of the larger demons that tried to escape. After two months away, he returns to the Earth for good. Months later, Buffy finds herself working again as a waitress, getting periodically tripped and having things thrown at her by other slayers. She's staying with Don and Xander in San Francisco. Willow breaks up with Kennedy, knowing that she had feelings for Alowen and won't be able to see her again. Buffy and Faith attend the will reading for Giles. He leaves everything to Faith except the vampire book for Buffy. Faith moves to Giles' home in England and brings a catatonic angel with her. Every time that I wrote that vampire book, the way that they have it on the title, I was like, she's gonna hate this. Yeah, I really don't like it. <laughs> but weirdly, Google Docs is fine with it, which is even more disturbing. Spike warns Buffy that something is coming after her, and she mostly ignores him as something is always coming after her. She gets back to what she knows best and starts patrolling for vampires in San Francisco. And here we are in season nine, because season eight was all of that. <laughs> okay. After coming out of his catatonic state, Angel and Faith start following up on some of the unresolved demonic activity that Giles left behind in London. Angel reveals that he isn't trying to take the place of Giles, but instead he's trying to resurrect him. Also in London are a group of slayers, with one named Nadira drawing the most attention. She drunkenly brawls with demons and slayers after watching two of Twilight's minions, the demons Pearl and Nash, kill other slayers. But now Pearl and Nash are working with Whistler, the being that put Angel on the path to meeting Buffy and creating Twilight. Pearl and Nash are the children of a witch and a demon and think that they're the next step in evolution because they're crazy. <laughs> Packed a lot into that paragraph. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Angel goes to meet with Giles' old friend Alistair to find an auction house where Moira blood is being sold. The same blood that once resurrected Angel in one of the saddest episodes ever. Which episode is that? 108 Remember Me. I think that was called Remember Me. Or I Will Remember You. I don't remember. Those are both songs, and so now both of the songs are in my head. But one of them's from Coco. Double checking this. I Will Remember You. Confirmed. Also a song. Might have been one of the ones I said. It was. Well done. At the auction house, Pearl and Nash attack Angel, looking to get revenge on Twilight. They lose the fight, and it's revealed that the Moira blood no longer works in a world without magic. Angel and Faith return home, where Angel has a brief moment where he sounds exactly like Giles. Weird. Oh. Later, Harmony and Clem knock on Angel's door, looking for him to investigate someone who is blackmailing Harmony and threatening to release a sex tape that also shows her siring a human. Harmony has 12 sex tapes out already <laughs> and is only concerned that if she's seen siring a human, the new vampire rules will vanish. Turns out Clem was the one blackmailing her all along and was later going to pretend to solve the case so Harmony would fall in love with him. She slaps him, but he continues to work for her and long for her affection. Buffy has a housewarming party at her new apartment with her new roommates and Heat and Tumble. Buffy gets super drunk and makes a pass at Spike, Riley, and Xander. 
Hungover, she doesn't remember anything. Elsewhere in San Francisco, a demon named Ko escapes his mystical prison and is coming for Buffy. Simone also goes to San Francisco to prove that she is the best. And a new detective, Dowling, has been finding dead bodies all over the city with no cause of death. The corpses are all from people that went missing decades ago. Mystery. I really forgot about Annie Heaton Tumble and that just brought me joy. I gotta be honest, I'd never bring them up again in this entire document. That's... I, I, I thought I'd bring up Annie Heaton again. Didn't. <laughs> Well, there you go. It's not like you had control over it. <laughs> Could have edited this. Didn't. <laughs> After a police officer sees Buffy staking a vampire, she's brought into the police station to see if she's connected with the recent deaths. Buffy escapes custody instead of dealing with <laughs> normal things. Okay. Buffy escapes custody to go looking for answers. She sees a civilian, Severin, who's being attacked by a vampire. Before Buffy can stake it, Sev sucks the vampireness out of him leaving a body. He's unsure of how he got these powers. After he and his girlfriend decided to be together forever as vampires, when she was turned, she turned feral and stronger than a normal vampire. At that moment, he found he could remove her power. With Earth closed off from other dimensions, the full vampire presence can't flow in and these new vampires are being born, coined as zompires by Xander. Spike hears that Ko is looking for Buffy and tracks him down. Ko owes Buffy his life after the end of magic let him go out of prison. He was wrongly imprisoned for the death of his family and now wants revenge. He says Buffy is going to be attacked by someone who can suck out powers and Spike needs to bring Ko to her. Who could it ever be? Severin leads Buffy to a nest of vampires that he already killed. He's called the Siphon and is able to take all of the strength from those that he siphons things from. Spike and Ko arrive to help for the fight, but lose quickly. Detective Dowling arrives and shoots Severin multiple times, hospitalizing him. When he's in the hospital, he's visited by his partner, Simone. Dun dun dun. She also says he did a bad job. Well, you know. Buffy decides that she needs a long weekend away, and Spike takes her into space on his ship. But a vampire sired one of the bugs, and Buffy and Spike need to find and kill whatever it turned into. Buffy is approached from behind by none other than a xenomorph, obviously what these bugs turn into when a vampire bites them. She kills it. <laughs> okay, reread that. It was a weird sentence and sounds too much like you. <laughs> I can't sound that much like you. Buffy is approached from behind by none other than a xenomorph because evidently these bugs turn into xenomorphs when a vampire bites them. She kills it and returns home. Suck it, Prometheus. This is the real origin of the aliens. Oh, is that what that's from? Did I say xenomorph right? Yeah, you said xenomorph right. Oh, I tried to block out alien and aliens and I've never seen any of the others. Those are the good ones. Mm -hmm. In Buffy's dreams, she keeps being told that she's not the slayer. Willows enter her dreams to try and help her figure this out, but just goes in to say goodbye and takes the broken scythe. Willow plans to use it to bring magic back to the world. Buffy wakes up and starts vomiting after she takes a pregnancy test with a positive result. Why would she think to take a pregnancy test? Because she got drunk and made a pass at a bunch of dudes. I guess so, but still. Anyway, Angel reads up on a Lorophage demon. Never been said. I mean, we never heard it said out loud. Take a stab. All right. That's uh, what I say. Angel reads up on a Lorophage demon, something that sucks out your essence. One had done this to Giles when he was training to be a watcher, and Angel thinks it may still have that part of Giles. Angel gets word that one is working with someone called Mother Superior and goes looking for her, only to find that it's Drusilla. Aww. She's offering to use the Lorophage demon to suck out people's trauma, but still leave them alive. The demon did this for Drew, making her sane. She offers this to Angel, who refuses. When Angel and Faith return home, Faith is greeted by her friggin' dad. He says he wants to make things right between them, but is only there to get Faith to kill some Irish mobsters he owes money to. Angel throws him out, and Faith goes to Drew to ask for her trauma to be taken away. Angel arrives too late, but is able to kill the Lorophage demon, returning everyone's trauma to them. 
including Drusilla, making her insane for now the third time. After the battle, Angel confesses to Faith that he's been collecting pieces of Giles and storing them inside himself via a nipple ring. I hate everything that you just said <laughs> in that sentence that like really offends me to my core. Okay. Back at home in London, Angel and Faith meet Giles' two great aunts, Sophie and Lavinia. They were included in the will and planned to live in Giles' old home. They also have demons coming after them as they used magic to stay perpetually young and hot. That sounds too much like you. <laughs> they also have demons coming after them as they used magic to stay perpetually young and attractive. They made a ton of deals with demons that they couldn't collect on until they started to show gray hair, something that they thought would never come, but then magic disappeared. Angel and Faith fight off a horde of demons that are coming after the aunts. After the fight, there's another knock on the door, and Angel opens it to find Willow holding the broken scythe. Buffy calls Robin Wood for advice on what to do with her baby. He recommends keeping it, and even though he had a rough childhood, he still loves his mother. Taking that, Buffy goes to Spike and asks for his help in getting an abortion. As the two go off of the bug ship, they get a call from Dowling, who's being attacked by zompires. Buffy and Spike kill all of them, but not before Buffy's arm is cut off, revealing that she's a robot. <laughs> So the two go to Andrew, who admits to building a new Buffy bot. He did it to protect Buffy and put her mind into the robot at the party where Buffy got drunk and passed out, which Andrew facilitated with some roofies. Super rapey. Is that how you spell roofies? I don't it's know. Like you spelled roofies. I don't, <laughs> I don't, you know, I do think, I don't know. Thankfully, my life hasn't concerned roofies. <laughs> or typing it. <laughs> he lets Buffy know that her body has been living its own suburban existence, unaware of anything related to slaying. <laughs> what? That's what it's doing. It's so weird when you read it like this. I mean, like, it's weird enough to see it, but, like, somehow the pictures and everything make it seem more real. And then when you just read it like this, you're like, what? <laughs> Before they can get to Buffy's body, Simone kidnaps it, thinking it's the real Buffy, because why wouldn't you think that? Buffy thought it was the real Buffy. She then convinces the body to come over to her side. There's a fight, and Simone escapes. Buffy's body decides that she wants to be reunited with her mind. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. It's weird to say out loud. During this time, Spike also leaves on his ship to parts unknown. He doesn't want Buffy to only come to him when things get dark and wants to have an actual life with her. And because, not with a Buffy bot? Because he's still in love with her. The dog just sighed really heavily at that. <laughs> and I think that was valid. <laughs> like, we know. Since no portals can be traditionally opened to get someone from Earth, Willow wants Angel to contact Connor so she can use him to go through Kortoth. Also, for the future of this, I, it's the only time I write Kortoth. When I write Q, it means Kortoth. I was like, nope, once is enough. Why don't you just copy and paste it? I thought about it. Okay, cool. Angel reluctantly agrees, but says it has to be Connor's decision. Afraid to be in Connor's life, Angel has had Gunn keeping tabs on him. They go to see Connor after he gets out of class, and he agrees to help them in Kortoth. Everybody but Gunn will go, who will stay behind by the portal in case anything gets through. Everyone seems to be more aggressive in Kortoth, but they all save a group of demons that worship Connor as a god. They go deeper into Kortoth to save more demons, but are confronted with the physical embodiment of it. Willow powers up against it, but immediately goes dark and wants to rule the world. Angel bites her to bring her out of it, and she opens a portal to a better dimension for some of the demons to escape through. So everyone but Willow returns to Earth. She can't get a source of magic here to bring back, but she can get to other dimensions from here. Instead of rushing back to England, Angel stays in LA for a while to spend some time with Connor. When he does go back to England, Whistler invites him out for a lunch friendly i guess yeah whistler's goal is to bring balance to the world and angel was his big gamble going back to when he found him in an alley and angel let him down at the last minute by giving up on twilight he explains that he's the child of one of the powers that be in a pure-blooded demon since magic's ended he's lost his connection with the powers and wants to bring magic back 
everyone wants to do that angel refuses to help whistler knowing that he's more comfortable with casualties than angel is except for all that time last season where a bunch of people died he breaks angel's wrist and punches a hole in his stomach ending their alliance weird i don't know why that would end an alliance so back to buffy uh she needs a source of income so she takes a job working with kennedy's security company deep scan her first client is named Theo, and he runs a social media empire that he needs to take down because Wolfram and Hart are trying to get back to Earth through it. Knowing the servers will be protected by demons, Buffy enlists Co. for help. Once inside, Wolfram and Hart contacts them. Co. immediately turns on everyone offering to kill Theo if they can tell him who killed his family. They have the information, but can't give it to Co. before the servers are officially shut down. So meanwhile, mm. there's a teenage boy named Billy. And he decides that he's going to become a slayer to stop zompires that have overrun his town, despite having no training or skill. Um, he has a crush on a boy named Cute Devin, who wants to be Billy's watcher because... <laughs> no. Because he likes to watch boys die. No. He has a crush on a boy named Cute Devin who wants to be his watcher. They somehow kill a bunch of the zompires and through Twitter <laughs> contact Buffy, who says Billy can be a slayer. Didn't want to read that sentence, huh? No. <laughs> Spike goes to the dark side of the moon with the bugs to get drunk. They go out of their way to cheer him up, which goes well until demons from space board their ship and take it over. The plan is to return to Earth to find a piece of the seed that might have mystical properties. Spike offers to help them, which seems better than getting tossed into space. Is that the space equivalent of getting tossed out a window? Yes. Space window. On Earth, they can't find any shard of the seed, but are met by a succubus who helps kill Spike's captors. She claims that she hasn't found a shard and asks to be dropped off at another Hellmouth. Easter Island will do. She also tries to seduce Spike, but he turns her down as he's still in love with Buffy. He realizes that she does have a shard and is going to open another Hellmouth. He stops her, but the bugs have to crash their ship to save him. No longer being able to fly, they go off into the world, and Spike gets a call from Angel asking for his help. Willow finds herself where she meets a demon sorcerer from Earth, Merrick, who wants to get back to Earth as well. The two fight their way through Dimension before finding Alowen. She brings them to a magic sanctuary and immediately kicks Merrick out. Once there, the scythe is fixed and Willow has a way to get back to Earth, but no way to bring magic with her. The Wiccans magically seduce Willow into staying with them with frequent... No, that's again to you. <laughs> sex okay. and alcohol. Frequent sex and alcohol. So the Wiccans magically seduce Willow into staying with them with various vices. <laughs> Merrick, who was banished, gets into Willow's dream and reminds her of her mission. With the spell broken, Willow moves on to try and find a new source of magic. She's confronted with her dark counterpart before realizing that it isn't another personality, it's just a part of her. Merrick reveals himself to be Rack, Willow's old magic drug dealer. He attacks her and uses the scythe to open a portal to a realm of all magic. Both go in there and the magic kills Rack. It also allows Willow to be a new source of magic herself and returns her to Earth. Convenient. Angel and Faith are close to bringing Giles back when they go to retrieve his body to find nothing but an empty casket. Before they can figure anything out, Nadira comes to their home with the body of a slayer that Drusilla killed. She demands that Angel bring her back, which she says that he's not able to do. Nadira, furious with Faith for hiding Angel and working with him, saying that she's no longer welcome with the slayers. Nadira takes the body somewhere else where they've heard a resurrection can take place, only to find Giles welcoming them at the door. Weird. So going through the guest book of, at Giles' funeral, they find that Ethan Rain had been a guest there as well. Angel puts it together that it must be the demon Igon controlling Ethan, and Angel must not have killed him way back in Buffy season two. 
Igon is going to kill all of the Slayers in his home when Angel and Faith burst in to save them. They can't be Igon alone, so Angel calls Spike for help, thinking that another vampire with a soul could repel Igon like Angel had before. When Spike arrives, in between bickering, they all go to take on Igon. They manage to kill him, which releases Giles' soul. When Giles was a teenager, he had gotten that tattoo and promised his soul to Igon, you know, rebellious youth and whatnot, and that soul goes right into Angel's nipple, and now that he has all of Giles inside of him, he becomes catatonic. With the help of Giles' friend Alistair, Faith and the aunts are able to get Giles' essence out of Angel. Functional again, Angel has Harmony come over to have sex with Spike <laughs> as thanks. Functional again, Angel invites Harmony over to say hi to Spike. <laughs> While on patrol, Buffy brings Billy and Dowling along for training. Buffy and Dowling are talking about getting a date afterwards. They attack a nest of vampires and Buffy is teleported away by none other than Illyria. She was sent to enlist Buffy by DeHoffrin, who has formed a new magical council and plans to take out the Siphon because he is going to destroy the world. Illyria and Buffy are joined by Ko and try to defeat Severin, but he was ready for all of them and sucks out Illyria's powers, including her time manipulation. The plan is to use her powers to go back in time and prevent his girlfriend from ever being turned into a zombie. So while all this has been going on, Dawn has been getting progressively sicker and sicker. Due to magic being removed from the world, she's starting to fade away from existence as magic holds her together. All of this is out of Xander's hands and he feels useless. Severin needs more power to time travel, so him and Simone teleport Xander to them. They say that if he can get them the vampire book, they'll be able to find a location that has the power they need. Once they do this, they'll be able to go back in time and prevent Twilight from ever happening, saving Dawn in the process. Having no faith in anyone else, Xander agrees to help them. Like a dickhead. Not my words. Just before putting Giles' soul back into his body, Faith gets a call from Buffy asking for help with Dawn. Neither Angel nor Faith can remember Dawn and know that they need to focus on Giles. Hearing Dawn is in trouble, however, Spike leaves immediately. They attempt the resurrection and as it's going on, Pearl and Nash attack. They fight them back and Giles is resurrected, but not as he was before. Instead, he is a young teenage version of himself. He has all of his past memories, but the temperament of a 13-year-old and the boners. While Giles is happy to be back, he's equally annoyed that more focus hasn't been paid to Whistler, who is trying to violently bring magic back. They figure out where Whistler is going to set off a magical bomb, killing a massive amount of people. Everyone arrives to stop him after the bomb has already been set. A fight ensues where Nadira rushes in, saves Angel and Faith, and tries to take down Pearl and Nash by herself. They blast her, scarring her horribly, slash looking like she's dead. The bomb cracks and starts spewing magical energy that turns everyone in the area around them into demons. Faith is able to kill Nash, but Pearl gets away. Angel throws the bomb at Whistler, who just catches it. He's like, yeah, it's my bomb. And he puts a patch on it temporarily. But with the magic that was seeping out, enough of it returned to Whistler where his mind clears and he sees what he's done. Horrified at the area around him, he absorbs the entire blast and kills himself. Everyone goes to work helping the people around them in a part of England now dubbed Magic Town. It's really a part of London. Giles wants to go back to America to be with Buffy. Faith feels rejected, but agrees to help him get there and leaves Angel alone in Magic Town. Willa returns to San Francisco and gives Buffy her scythe back. She tries to help Don, but is unable to. She needs more power, and using the vampire book, they decide they need to go to the deeper well to get more magic. Buffy, Will, and Xander all leave to go to the entrance right before Spike arrives to watch over Don. The magic council is at the entrance of the deeper well and won't let Buffy pass since they heard the siphon was going to be there too. They fight the council and are aided at the last minute by Ko and Illyria. 
During all of this, Seven Simone were able to get in unnoticed. Xander admits that he helped them, and Buffy is told that whatever Severin does in there will tear the universe apart, causing another apocalypse. What are we at to now? Like, 17? Probably. Everyone, including the council, goes in the deeper well to stop Severin and Simone. Willow breaks off as she's starting to give off enough magic to almost start a new seat of wonder. Almost. <laughs> a sarcophagus opens, which was holding an old one, and Malachar, the demon responsible for vampires, attacks the council. Buffy goes on to, and tries to get Sev, but is attacked by Simone, who had Malachar turn her into a vampire so that she could take down Buffy. Illyria makes her way to Severin, who's unable to time travel and is going to accidentally destroy the world. Whoops! <laughs> She helps instruct him on how to control his powers and Willow comes in with an incomplete seed that needs just a little more energy to start. Willow leaves the seed with Deliri and Severin, both knowing that they will die when Severin releases the energy. So Buffy kills Simone and Malachar is defeated as the energy of a new seed goes off. They all think Leary is dead, but Co says they know little about old ones. Dawn thanks everyone for saving her, but Xander feels that she knows about his betrayal. Looking through the vampire book, Buffy and Willow are shocked to see that the pages are now all blank. After helping Buffy, Billy returns to his home that's now even more overrun with vampires. With the help of cute Devin, they work together to start clearing the town. Okay, so we're now into season 10. So starting season 10, Buffy and the Scoobies have formed an uneasy alliance with the newly sired vampires to kill all of the remaining zompires because nobody likes them. The new vampires led by Vicky betray Buffy when the sun comes up, revealing that the new vampires can be out in the sun and take different forms like Dracula can. A fight ensues only for Buffy to be saved by Kennedy, Faith, and Giles. There's a tearful reunion and Faith and Kennedy leave to parts unknown. Giles discovers that the vampire book is no longer empty and determines that the rules of magic are being rewritten. Not knowing why, Xander and Don go to find Dracula to see if he knows why the vampires have powers similar to his. Buffy and Spike go to see Dowling, who happily agrees with Buffy that they shouldn't try and date, which makes Buffy furious. <laughs> Xander, who's now seen the ghost of Anya, and Don bring Dracula back to San Francisco. They figure out that if there's a general consensus in the world, some rules appear magically automatically into the book of magic in the vampire book, while others can be written down. Since Dracula's myth is well known, the new vampires get his powers. Being Dracula, he betrays everyone and he steals the book for himself. He has Xander become his lackey once again as he's easily susceptible to Dracula's control and is also very distraught that Don's about to break up with him. Dracula writes a rule that he's the most powerful vampire, which turns him into the first vampire, Malachor. Xander is able to find a new magical rule that turns Dracula back into his old self and they part ways. De Hoffert appears requesting that the Magic Council help make these new rules or be entirely in charge of it. Buffy turns him down while Xander and Don break up. Aww. After being attacked by some demonic fairies, Angel goes looking for answers about them in Magic Town. He's led to a new powerful being who happens to be none other than Nadira, so she's healed and seems to be physically connected to the magic. She sends Angel on quests that lead him to meet a new ally, Detective Brandt, and on another one where Angel is confronted by Pearl. Despite Pearl's rage, Angel is able to beat her. Um, he still isn't able to figure out who the demonic fairies are working for, but we do see that Amy has come to Magic Town and is collecting power there as well. Angel starts to have nightmares about killing victims and goes to investigate. While he finds that he's not responsible, he finds a pattern in some of the recent vampire killings. Sophie and Lavinia match the type of woman that's being killed, so he uses them as bait and saves them at the last minute. After agreeing to work for Kennedy's company, DeepScan, Faith is assigned to protect a musician. It turns out he's a demon and also has an affinity for underage females. Faith attacks him and is later reprimanded. Despite Kennedy not agreeing with the demon, Kennedy reminds Faith that they were hired to protect him, and she can't just go rogue. 
Faith overhears other Slayers talking about how Faith thinks she's better than everybody else and decides that she should probably just quit. Back in San Francisco, everyone moves out of their separate apartments at the same time. Oh no, where will they live? Well, they go to an apartment building to kill a demon that's been possessing the whole thing, and they get in there with cheap rent. All the girls are together, and so are the guys. Giles has his own place, too, because no one wants to live with a teenager. It's just like we're back in Friends. It's another Friends reference. We're up to three now. You're convinced. In the midst of moving, Spike and Xander go out for a drink to talk about their lost loves. When sirens seduce them, they're brought to an Ursula-esque demon, the Mistress. Ghost Anya is able to break Xander out of the spell, and the Mistress escapes. On All Hallows' Eve or Halloween, Andrew steals the vampire book and returns to the Sunnydale crater to try and resurrect Tara. He also brings back a holographic version of Jonathan and promises to get him a real body. Willow is able to stop Andrew from going through the resurrection and the two embrace. Meanwhile, Buffy and Spike are attacked by a new villain called the Soul Glund, who wants revenge on the Slayer line after a previous one killed his family. Buffy stabs him in the head and he retreats. The Soul Glund then forms an alliance with the Mistress and another demon called the Sculptor. While trying to come up with the new rules for magic, Harmony and Clem come to Buffy's apartment with Vicky the Vampire. They come to an agreement that vampires will lose all of their new powers when in sunlight. Harmony then knocks out Spike and steals the vampire book to make her own rules where everybody loves her. Clem refuses to write any of them down as he wants the world to naturally love her as he does. But he does include the line, unicorns are totally real. So unicorns are totally real in this universe forever now. <laughs> While fighting a demon in an alley, Angel is surprised to be saved by Amy. Amy's there to try and recruit Angel into helping resurrect Ward, who's now in a jar of guts. Gross. The two fight and Angel runs away with that jar. He goes to Nadir for help who confronts Amy and has them magically permanently turn her into a rat. After this, Angel walks outside to find Fred, confused and walking the streets. So back to Faith, right before she's about to leave Deep Scan, Kennedy convinces her to stay as the next job for the company involves finding Riley and a missing military team in a jungle. So the owner of a company called Zane Pharmaceuticals also went missing in the jungle. So Sam, who's Riley's wife, and a team went in after him. And when they also went missing, Riley went in. Faith agrees as she feels really guilty over her past with Riley. Faith has to quickly assume a leadership role in the jungle as their leader is killed and comes across Sam. Riley's being held captive by vampires and will be killed the next day. They manage to free Riley, only to be attacked by Zane, who is now a vampire. His daughter, who is leading the expedition, is forced to kill him and they get out of the jungle. Faith apologizes for sleeping with Riley when she switched bodies with Buffy, and Riley accepts this, but he says maybe she should apologize to Buffy as well. Zane's daughter offers Faith a new job that would bring her back to England. So after everyone else has failed at romance, Buffy and Spike go out patrolling and Buffy confesses her feelings and kisses Spike. Spike screws it up, as usual. But before being able to apologize, Andrew comes in with some new friends from Oakland with news that the sculptor is attacking. After defeating the sculptor, Andrew kisses Clive, a man he saved from being killed. Andrew is horrified that everybody but him seem to know he's gay and runs away. Buffy and Spike also run away to have a bunch... No, not... To have a bunch of sex. <laughs> Buffy and Spike also disappear, but for a very different reason. Spike then has nightmares of killing in San Francisco. In the morning, Spike confirms that there were bodies where they thought they'd be and asks Willow and Giles to determine if he's responsible. Meanwhile, Buffy and Xander go to see Andrew to let him know that he is accepted. It's determined that Spike didn't kill anyone, but the demon responsible for his entire vampire lineage, Archaeus, sent the dreams. Get ready for Archaeus to be spelled about 10 different ways. <laughs> At least it's better than Kortoff where you just gave up. <laughs> Q. Archaeus plans to let demons from other dimensions onto Earth. The Scoobies track down Archaeus, but have to retreat because he's enormous and kills a lot of things quickly. 
They think that they might need the help of another vampire with a soul, and they call Angel. Over in Magic Town, everyone turns to Nadira for help all at once. Angel brings Fred there to find out what's happening with her in a partially dormant Illyria. Faith goes to see Nadira after learning about her newfound health from Detective Brandt, and even Ko arrives in Magic Town to try and find answers about who killed his family. Angel and Faith hug when reunited, but Fred freaks out when she sees Ko. So Ko reveals his past, um, and he had to go on a vision quest back in his home world. And when he returned, his town had been entirely decimated, and he was blamed and imprisoned for the murders of everybody, including his family. He asks Fred if Illyria can provide any information, because this was... A long, 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 long time ago. And Illyria is the only one who would have had a memory of it. But Fred declines, saying she just can't call Illyria forth. After Co leaves, Fred admits that she knows that Illyria destroyed his home, but just didn't want to say it. Illyria comes to the forefront and fights with Angel, Faith, and Co. She gloats to Co that she killed his family and accuses Angel of wanting to suppress her now that Fred is back. Angel denies this as they've been allies slash friends with Illyria for years. Inside Illyria's head, she and Fred fight but come to the realization that they need to work in tandem. Fred comes out and a new team is formed. So Fred and Angel go to investigate some nightmares that Angel has been having around a hotel he used to murder people at. While they're there, they stop a ritual from happening and Angel gets the call from Spike asking for help in America. Willow picks up Angel at the airport and things immediately start to fall apart when Buffy tells him that she's in a relationship with Spike again. To avoid any more problems, Buffy splits everyone into two teams who all talk about their doubts before coming face to face with Arceus. With the power of teamwork and stabbing, Arceus is temporarily defeated. Buffy and Angel part on good terms. Angel tells Will he doesn't have to worry about being jealous of Spike since their relationship is doomed anyway. A little while later, Willow finds a spell that's going to turn Giles back into an adult for one single day. So Giles immediately accepts, and after meeting with his old girlfriend Olivia, Giles tries to slip back into his old role, only to find that he's not needed like he used to be. While this is all happening, Buffy receives news that her father doesn't want her at his latest wedding, and so she goes and sits with adult Giles, whom she considers more than a father to her. Buffy stops an incubus that has been raping women in the area and is reminded of Spike's rape attempt when he didn't have a soul. The two somewhat come to terms, and they agree that they still need to deal with it in their own ways. Somewhere in a cave, it's revealed that ghost Anya isn't Anya at all, but that she's been giving information to an unknown big bad. While Angel is in America, Detective Brandt asks if Faith and Fred can go undercover at a school where there's been vampire activity. So Faith becomes a gym teacher and Fred becomes a lunch lady. They find that vampires are recruiting some of the students for none other than Drusilla. She's now working for Archaeus, who promised her a new family. Drew is particularly interested in one girl named Mary. Before she can be turned, Faith, Fred, and Co. fight back the vampires. Angel returns to England, concerned that Arceus will be coming there to gather more strength. Angel goes to Nadira for advice, only for vampires to jump in and kidnap her. Arceus wants Nadira for her connection to the magic and helping him gain more power. She refuses, but he decides that it wasn't a whole waste and that she'll be used as bait for Angel, who he still wants to recruit. So meanwhile, Satsu arrives at Buffy's house and asks for her help with the military. Um, the military is working to keep all the demons from other dimensions at bay, and she needs help forming an alliance with vampires to assist with the fight. After getting Harmony and the other vampires to agree, Willow reveals that she started a job working with the military as well. Buffy also starts working with the Hoffman and the Council to push demons out of the world that have started to flow through. It's suggested that the Council be given additional powers to help with the fight, which everyone agrees to. The sculptor is killed, but not before giving Jonathan a new, in-shape body. Soul Glutton and the Mistress open up a portal to a hell dimension, and Dawn, using her mystical key powers, is able to close it, but only from the other side. Xander goes with her to keep her company until everyone else can figure out a way to get them out of there. Because the Council slash Dehofren have new powers, um, the Soul Glutton and the Mistress are killed by Dehofren, and it turns out that he was the big bad all along. 
What? I know. Crazy. Um, He also killed all of the other members of the council, taking all of their powers for himself. He makes Anya corporeal, and he makes her a vengeance demon again. Back in merry old England, using tips from Detective Brandt, Angel is staying one step behind our case at all times. Angel figures out that Brandt's a vampire and goes to his office to kill him and all the other cops that have been turned. So after getting our case's location, everyone goes to free Nadira and escapes. In Magic Town, a hollow statue is being transported to a museum. While this is all happening, the magic that has been communicating with Nadira fuses to it and enters the hollow body. Being almost childlike, the magic doesn't know what to do with itself. Angel and company arrive along with Arceus and his forces. They both try and convince the magic to come to their side. After a battle, Arceus is shown to be turning against his own people and kind of a jackass. So the magic takes Arceus, traps him inside the statue, and no needs to worry about him for at least a thousand years. Woohoo! While Buffy is focusing on getting Dawn back, DeHoffrin arrives and takes the vampire book and starts to try to take over the world. With the stress that Buffy and Spike have been under, he says he wants them to take a break, which Buffy denies, saying they can deal with all that later. Again, the theme. Buffy hatches a plan and Don and Xander are able to find their own way back to Earth. They've been offered a way to come home from Wolfram and Hart, but denied it. Tahoffrin and his vengeance demon attack Buffy in her apartment. In order to avenge the original Anya, the new one seemingly kills Xander in a pillar of fire. So in a rage, Buffy says that she wishes that Tahoffrin knew what vengeance really felt like, which Anya grants. Xander is then brought back, only ever being temporarily invisible. Buffy is now able to fight Tahoffrin and forces him to retreat to his own dimension. Using Dawn's newfound key powers, everyone follows Tahoffrin and cuts his head off. So fun. In the wake of everything, a new magic council is formed with Buffy leading it as she is now ready to take on responsibility. A little while later, Harmony starts following Buffy around with a camera crew who coincidentally want to kill Buffy. Buffy takes care of them and Harmony poses a question if Buffy is the best slayer of all time or the worst. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> Just prepping yourself. Here we are. Back to Angel. So after receiving a vision about an evil flower. <laughs> okay. We're uh, doing it. We're going there. Just so we're clear, all of these other ones have been like volume one, volume two, volume three. And this is just season 11. Knocking it out. Yep. So after receiving a vision about an evil flower, Angel and Fred go to investigate. When a dimensional barrier starts to open, Illyria appears and sends both of them into the past. They arrive at a time when Illyria was in her full demon form and wiped out a race of creatures. So they prevent that from happening and they're thrown forward in time. They end up on a ship with Angelus and Darla in a bugs that turn people into zombies. They sink two ships and escape through time once again, going to Angel's family home shortly before he was turned into a vampire. Angel considers preventing his past self from being turned so he won't cause any more pain in the future, but Illyria stops him. The two then have sex. It's as random as it sounds. They then return to the present where the evil flower is bloomed and they're able to defeat it once they let go of their past and throw objects they brought back with them through a portal. They're now a couple. Uh, That's a thing. Uh, all right. So after a surprise attack from a water dragon on San Francisco, the government decides to open internment camps for anyone with mystical abilities. Giles has documents forged to say he's a normal teenage boy, but Willow and Spike are forced to go into the internment camps. Buffy's offered a position to be a guard with the other Slayers, but declines and demands to be sent to the camp as well. Vampire blood rations are extremely limited, so Buffy agrees to become a guard in order to get Spike additional rations. Buffy sneaks Willow to see what the government is producing in the camps. It's determined that a machine is being built that will remove mystical energy from everyone, which would also mean the end of vampires dun, dun, dun. so while everyone else is in the internment camps giles has to go to high school 
and pretend that he's a normal student. Obviously, he goes to a high school that has some unusual occurrences and disappearances. So he forms an uneasy alliance with a vampire, Rue, who wants to protect a girl named Blue. They also flirt, which is uncomfortable. The two find a demon under the school who's been sucking out all the intelligence of the area. <laughs> I mean, intelligence from teenagers. Yes, he's also addicted to peaches. After the fight, Giles and Rue escape where she tells him her origin that goes back to slavery in North America. She has names that appear on her skin that she feels responsible for the deaths of. Her hair also turns blue. Her and Giles make out. This is all random and doof. Giles figures out that Rue, not the demon below the school, are responsible for the missing people. So Rue killed them to protect a girl, Blue. There's a brief scuffle and Giles leaves to confront the demon sucking out intelligence, who also loves peaches. (laughs) As Giles is about to be killed, Rue jumps in and sacrifices herself and kills the demon. Hopefully Blue is okay. Back in the internment camp, Buffy and Willow take a deal to have their powers removed and they can get out of the camp. Once there, they plan to make a different and better plan. (laughs) With the help of Riley, Sam, and Faith, they're able to break back in and return their powers. So it turns out that the press secretary was behind the plan and was taking all the magical power that was siphoned away from the others. Buffy is only able to beat her back when Willow reverses the spell that gave all the Slayers their power, so it gives everything back to Buffy. After the battle, Buffy returns all the Slayers' powers and tells Spike that she loves him. Aww. That was a great season. So it was. One year later, remember that DC event? It was that a DC event? It's like 2007-ish. One year later, Xander and Don are having a housewarming party. During that time, they had a child named Joyce. Oh, by the way, they got back together. Forgot to mention that. You have done a very impressive job of pulling together all these things that happened. I think if that's the one detail that you excluded, it's fine. In that time, they've had a child that they named Joyce. Buffy and Spike have broken up, and Giles has been turned back into his appropriate age. During the party, Angel and Illyria arrive with news that Hearth has going to be coming to the past and teamed up with Wolfram and Hart. Everyone goes into battle at a new Wolfram and Hart location and finds that Faith has been doing recon there ahead of time. One major player that they've also recruited is the mayor in his demonic snake form, saying that he never actually died in the explosion at the school. So after losing this first battle and retreating, everyone decides to go into the future to find some answers. Frey and Aaron are waiting for them, and Buffy and Frey fight again, because they always fight. Once they figure out that they're on the same side, again, Again. weird, (laughs) they go to figure it out together, what's happening. So it turns out that Harmony is still alive, and so she gives them all the information that they really need about Buffy sacrificing herself with a portal that banished all the demons back in the day. So knowing how things played out before, the team returns to the present with Frey and plans to change the outcome. After everyone says what they need to say to each other beforehand, a final battle ensues. Using the staff that originally gave the first Slayer her powers, Hearth is able to suck out all of the Slayer's powers but Buffy's. He then kills the mayor, not wanting to share any kind of control over the world. Dawn opens a portal to banish the demons, and Illyria kisses Angel. She turns back into her true form, sacrificing herself, pulling the demons into a hell dimension with her. So now Hearth has both Slayer memories and strength, which is not great, and he starts to fall apart because Slayer powers were never meant for men. Buffy and Frey stake him together, returning all the power to the Slayers, and for the first time, Frey receives the Slayer memories. Frey returns home to find things completely different. The post-apocalyptic world she left now looks like a haven. So Buffy and Faith join the police force, and Angel decides to stay in California. The story ends with new possibilities opened up and everyone having saved the world in the future for the millionth time. (laughs) The end. Wow, that was an incredible amount of work that you did, so thank you for doing that. (laughs) Writing that out and pulling it together. That's really just a very big summary of... 20 years worth of stuff. What we talked about. (laughs) 
Uh, and that's everything. So we've, we've done it all. I said, we're going to be doing more stuff in the future, but this is kind of the big thing. And to, you know, everyone who worked on this, these books over many years, huge thanks for carrying this torch well after it should have ended, which I've loved for years. Thanks for having so much creativity and love and fun with this story, right? I mean, even the parts that are silly to read out loud like this, they work in the stories. And thanks for listening <laughs> yeah, to our it. little spiel. Thanks for coming out. Um, So I guess we'll catch you guys next time when we... Yeah, that'll do it for now. As far as the release schedule goes, we're going to be waiting for Buffy and Firefly to finish their first arcs. If you want to hear issue-by-issue reviews, we're going to have them exclusively on Patreon. Hopefully we're going to get a couple more interviews. I'm waiting until uh, the new year starts because, you know, asking for someone to for an interview around the holiday season just seems like, no. <laughs> it's just a solid no. I mean, to be fair, we don't even have time, so... Yeah. So that's kind of our plan for now. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks again for being a part of this with us. We will be back, so stay subscribed. But if you want to get those Firefly and Buffy issue-by-issue reviews, go over to patreon.com slash editorsnotecomics. A minimum of a buck a month will get you those. Or just do $1 for one month as a thank you. Thanks, guys. (laughs) It's Christmas. Come on. If you want to get anything at all, editorsnotecomics.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And if you want to email us, editorsnotecomics at gmail.com. Boy, this is a long project. I know. You know what's funny? Like, we're saying goodbye, but we're literally recording a podcast tomorrow night about Firefly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we're not even going. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, we're never coming back. We'll be here in like 24 hours, at least on this couch. I didn't even know that. Okay, well, good to know. <laughs> New Firefly this week. Sounds great. <laughs> New podcast. Well, guys, we'll tell you all about that tomorrow then. Thanks for, Thanks for being a part of this. <laughs> Thanks for staying on this ride. We'll see you later. Bye.